Hello car fanatics in Irvine, Orange County, California, the United States, and around the world. It's time for the most famous words in motorsport. Drivers, start your engines! This week on Speedway Sounds, my first guest this evening is a racer, but the engine he drives is his two legs. He's ultra-marathon cyclist Kevin Bilby. This weekend, he'll be competing in Utah in the Hoodoo 500-mile ultra-marathon cycling race, and I'll be along for the ride as one of his crew members. We'll talk about all the preparation leading up to this Saturday when the race begins in St. George. After Kevin, my second guest this evening is the Director of Communications for the Auto Club Speedway, David Talley. He'll join me to talk about Auto Club Speedway's annual charity event, the Lefties Track Day, taking place this Thursday. All that and more on this week's Speedway Sounds. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday, August 22nd edition of Speedway Sounds. I'm your host, Noah Stein, and I have a couple of great interviews lined up for you tonight. This weekend, I'm going to Utah to serve as a crew member in a cycling race. It'll be my very first race ever as a team member in any sport that involves a racing machine, and I'm super excited for it. My first guest this evening is an avid cyclist. You, you immediately might wonder, what does this have to do with cars? In past shows, it's evident how much I love the sport of racing, and that extends to more than just cars. A brief backstory. A few weeks back, Ryan, my good friend from high school, told me about a cycling race his dad is going to attempt for the very first time in Utah, and that his dad was looking for people to be on his support crew for the race. So I volunteered because I thought it would be a great opportunity to learn just what it is like to compete in an endurance race. So his dad, who is my guest, and I worked out the details, and we, along with two other crew members, will be traveling to St. George, Utah this weekend to compete in the Hoodoo 500 Ultra Marathon Cycling Event. Here to discuss this exciting race weekend is the cyclist himself, from my hometown of Apple Valley, California, Kevin Bilby. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to help on the support crew for you this weekend. Oh, no, thank you. That's the hardest part of the race, is finding support people. We've been able to talk a lot, a lot about the race the last few weeks, so I wanted to let my listeners in on, on the details. You've been a cyclist for a long time now, and you've competed in a lot of longer rides, but this is actually your first official race. Please tell us some background information about this race in particular and why it appeals to you. Well, actually, I was my original plan was to do a race called the Silver State 508. But some work conflicts and family conflicts came up. So as opposed to waiting another year to do the 508, the hoodoo is a month earlier. So I basically cut a month off my training and uh, it decided on the hoodoo instead. The hoodoo is actually a harder ride than the 508. Exactly 500 miles? The 500. The hoodoo 500. The hoodoo 500 is 522 miles as mapped. And, where is it? and in Utah, so where does it go exactly through Utah? Uh, it goes up through uh, three national parks, Bryce Canyon. I, I don't remember all, all of them. It goes through Bryce Canyon. It goes up through to Brianhead. You know, it loops around to, to central Utah and then back down through Brianhead and then around and back to St. George. I kind of know more of the profile of the ride than the actual places. <laughs> Because <laughs> the profile is really more important for me. So yeah, tell us yeah. about the tell us about the profile. What what does it mean to be, have a profile exactly? Okay. To, so the profile cycling. is um, the elevation gain of the ride. 
So what's it's really important to conserve your energy uh, for those climbs on your on the bike because that's where you're going to use most of your energy. Downhill, you can pedal easy, conserve energy on the flats, you can conserve energy, but going uphill is the only place you can't conserve energy because if you stop pedaling, you tip over or you go backwards. Neither are good options in a race, right? Indeed, indeed. What's different about a race like this compared to world-famous cycling endurance races like the Tour de France or the Tour of California? This is a, it's a single ride where you, you begin and end and you decide within the time limit, you're given 48 hours, you decide within the time limit how you manage that time. So if you decide you need to sleep, you can sleep. If you decide you're not going to sleep, you don't sleep, you just keep riding. Where the Tour de France, the Tour de California, they're stage races. So uh, in those stage races, you, you have a stage of a certain period of time. Typically, they're four to five hours. They get off the bike, they sleep, they eat, and then the next day they get up and they do another ride. This would be kind of like putting all the stages together, except for for the one day that they do a time trial. Because in endurance events, you're not allowed to draft. So you can't have other people helping you, you know, break that wind resistance uh, to, to get through the ride, which mm -hmm. makes it significantly more difficult. I see, I see. What was the moment you realized you wanted to pack up the bike and travel to Utah to try this? Um, to do a 500-mile endurance race, it had been building for a couple of years. I've been riding, doing longer races, double centuries, 400Ks, uh, 600Ks, which are, you know, a 600K is 376 miles. So every 100K is 62 miles. It's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you can do the math on the other ones. And I did those and enjoyed them. So, you know, I want to find out what is that limit? <laughs> what is that distance limit where uh, I no longer enjoy doing the ride? Mm -hmm. Interesting. What if your previous riding experience experiences has been like what was your longest ride before the hoodoo 500 you were mentioning a few right so 600k it's a rando usa event that went from agora hills up to santa barbara and back and then did another loop from agora hills out to the san fernando valley and around through ventura and back in hmm. uh, that's 376 miles uh, and uh, we did it nonstop without sleep. Mm. So it took wow. us 30 hours. Wow. I did it with two other, two other people, and we were mm -hmm. drafting off of each other. We were sharing, see, yeah. sharing the workload on, on the ride. So this one, completely solo. Completely solo, yep. There are a ton of similarities between cycling and motor racing, which is typically the main topic of my show. I don't know if you've ever heard of the 24 Hours of Le Mans, but in that race... Crews have to keep the car going for 24 hours, but you switch the drivers. Here, I and my teammates must keep not only your bike, but you, the rider, going as well for even longer than that. And like the drivers in those endurance races, we'll have to perform se several similar functions as crew members with sleep scheduling, pit stops, and other important tasks like driving the support vehicle on the same route that you are riding. What will I and my fellow crew members be worrying about while you're out there on the road? Well... As they say in all endurance events, safety, safety, safety. That's, that's number one. So your primary job is to make sure the rider is safe, which is me, and you guys are safe. So um, 
that's the primary responsibility. Your secondary responsibilities are keeping me fed, uh, keeping me hydrated, and those kind of things. So uh, managing clothing changes because you know I can't wear the same clothes the entire ride. Mm -hmm. uh, it will it will cause uh, things called saddle sores, which we don't want to discuss. They're yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not friendly. <laughs> um, but we'll need to do clothing changes, and you guys will have to be prepped for that to transition me off the bike and back on the bike as quickly as possible because mm -hmm. the more time i'm off the bike the longer it takes to complete the ride indeed just like a that sounds exact kind of like a pit stop in motor racing the faster you can yep. get back out there the the better the race will be that's right yep exactly i want to get to the bike you're riding in this race but first i remember you saying we're going to use one of your family cars as the support and bike carrying vehicle and that you had to modify it to fit the rules how did you need to modify to conform to the rules of the Hoodoo 500? Well, modifications, there's, the, the vehicle wasn't actually modified. There, there's a couple of additions that we have to make. We need a 12-inch uh, a slow-moving vehicle triangle mm -hmm. when the vehicle is in direct follow mode. So, you know, there's two modes for the ride. There's leapfrog, where the, during the day, the vehicle will uh, stop on the side of the road. I'll pass it, and while I'm passing... Uh, the crew members will hand me uh, nutrition, water, those kind of things, and I'll just keep rolling. The crew members will reset, get everything ready for the next leapfrog. They'll wait, they'll get in the car, and then they'll pass me again. As you pass me, you'll uh, potentially find out if I need anything. Mm -hmm. You'll get to the next stop and rinse and repeat, right? I pass the, the support vehicle, get my materials. So the, during the day, there's no real needed modifications. The modifications are for the night direct follow mode. So you need a 12-inch slow-moving vehicle triangle, and um, you need uh, rear-facing amber flashing lights. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the 12-inch triangle, I, I made a... We have a 2-inch hitch in our, in our car. So the 12-inch triangle has a pin that you put it in the hitch, you can pull it out, pull it in quickly and easily because mm. if you're not following me, it has to be out. It, it can't be it displayed. I see, yeah. Lot of, lots of things to pay attention to there. Right. So, mm -hmm. And then the other modification is the rear blinking amber yeah. lights. So I made a couple of rear blinking amber lights that will plug into the rear hitch so that they can be turned on and off within the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And for the car racing fans out there, it sounds quite like a safety car, a pace car in a way. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. Now to the bike. What bike are you riding in this race? It is a 2013 Giant Defy Advanced with uh, electronic shifting. Wow. Electronic shifting. How does it all work? Uh, well, battery. Push a button and the derailleur moves left and right, just like regular derailleur. Mm -hmm. um, so the only difference is, is it's actuated by servos instead of cables. I see. Wow. How many miles are on it? Uh, my bike right now, about 33,000 miles. Whoa, so 500, it'll take it. Yeah, 500 more. it'll take 500 miles. What do you like or dislike about it? Um, well, uh, it's comfortable. Uh, it handles well. Uh, it's kind of hard to say what you like about a bike because it's a very personal type of, uh, of thing when you ride a bike because the geometry and in in, in the way your body fits the bike really makes a difference on how a bike feels so what i like and dislike about it somebody else will get on it they'll like and dislike d other things 
So it's, it's I don't know, it's very subjective. But I like the comfort. I like um, uh, the adaptability that it has, things I can attach to it, you know, that kind of stuff. Good for racing, yeah. It's good for racing. Well, distance racing. The geometry is set up for distance racing. Ah, distance racing. Yeah, because there's significant difference between distance and sprint racing and, and any other forms. Correct. Asking this question as a crew member, is there any part of it that you're anticipating that will have to replace during the race due to wear? I know that's a big thing with car endurance races. Due to wear, everything has really been replaced. I replaced my rear cassette. I replaced the chain. I replaced the front chain ring. Um, the tires are going to be brand new. So for 500 miles, there's really nothing that should need to be replaced. Now, we do have spares. Um of some of these components. I have a spare chain if the chain should break. I have a spare, a spare rear cassette. I have uh, spare tires should uh, we get a, a flat that's severe enough to require a new tire as opposed mm -hmm. to just changing out a tube. I see, yeah. What has your training been like from the beginning all the way up to today? Are you ready? Well, ready as I'm gonna be. I mean, <laughs> if I'm not ready, we'll find out over the weekend. Uh, it, it's hard to say if I'm ready since I've never done a ride of this length solo without other people to, to share the workload. Um, I have done, uh, the longest solo ride I've done with a, a, a significant amount of climbing was from here, Apple Valley to Thousand Oaks mm, and wow. back. It's 200, 252 Whoa. miles, uh, 17 or 18,000 feet of elevation. Wow. Um, I did that solo. Uh, I didn't really wasn't paying attention to time. It was more uh, a you know logistically how am I going to do something like that? Water, mm -hmm. um, energy conservation, uh, that kind of thing. More more training on how do I pace myself, which I miserably failed at that day. Oh really? How <laughs> how did how so? Uh, well, I went out too hard mm -hmm. the first half on my way to Thousand Oaks. I went out too hard. So when I, when you do that, you pay for it at the end. So on the end, it was very difficult on the way back climbing up, uh, through Wrightwood, uh, to, to get back down into, uh, the high desert. What are some of the subtle differences perhaps that make the difference between pushing too hard and, and going at a more steady pace and conserving the energy? With, with physical training for your body, you really have to look at what's called your lactate threshold. So you have to stay out of that zone. You mm -hmm. can't stay where you're, you're building up so much lactate that your body can't flush it out quickly. So you got to stay below your lactate threshold mm. zone. You got to keep your heart rate in the right area and you, you got to manage your power output so that you're not putting out too much power for too long where you're going to start burning glycogen out of your muscles as opposed to burning fat and burning the, the calories that you, you've consumed. Mm, mm -hmm. The calories you've consumed yeah. are gonna work for you first. But if you push too hard, you're not gonna be able to process them quickly enough so you'll burn glycogen out of your muscles and that will put you in your lactate zone. You wanna, yeah, wow. you wanna save that for those, those climbs where you need it, where you need to push a little harder to get up over them. Mm -hmm. I know kind of what you're talking about. I ran three LA marathons a few years back and I know that it takes a ton of mid-race management of nutrition, energy conservation, as we were just talking about, and simple management of feelings and emotions. What's your plan during the race to make it to the finish line? Well, you mentioned mid-race 
uh, nutrition with an ultra event, you start consuming calories immediately. Um, you have to consume calories from hour one all the way to the end. You, you can't wait. If you wait, you're going to be negative because uh, your body, my body during the race will burn anywhere from four to 600 calories an hour. Oh, yeah. Well, your hum the, the mm -hmm. human body can only consume or process, uh, based on my body weight, 300 to 350 calories an hour. Mm -hmm. So you can see I'm already negative calories. So you have to start immediately bringing in calories so that your body will, will burn fat for those additional calories as opposed to burning muscle. Um, when it comes to the emotions during the race, that's a difficult one. Um, like my ride to Thousand Oaks and back. On my way back, I knew at certain spots where people lived. I can just call them. They can, they can pick me up. They can drive me home. Uh -huh. Right? You start thinking those things. Then you go, nope, nope. I'm just going to push through it. And you push through it. You get past that person. That person's no longer an option. You get to the next friend that's close. Oh, I can just call this friend up. Right? <laughs> and you, you just push through it. You, the, the body will go through all kinds of aches and pains and legs will hurt, your lungs will hurt. And when you're training and exercising and, and you understand your body, you learn what is an injury and what is just a nuisance. Mm -hmm. So you push through those things that are a nuisance. I see, yeah. So in, in this weekend's Hoodoo 500, how are you going to determine perhaps when enough is enough? When is there a way you know that maybe you can't finish? Well, my brain will make me keep going unless mm -hmm. I'm injured. So the only other option will be if I can't finish is if the crew decides that I can't stay upright on my bike any longer. Mm -hmm. um, I will. I'll keep pushing. Uh, that's just the way I am. But if the crew says, "Well, you know what? He's kind of not staying too straight anymore." He's starting to wobble. He's starting to swerve. Mm -hmm. The crew chief's job is to recognize that and stop me and either make me rest or make a decision on are we going to be able to finish in the time limit? Do we abandon and just end, end it at that point? And as you were saying, safety is top priority. So that's... Safety that is number one. Mm -hmm. There will be a section in the vehicle for sleeping. Mm -hmm. So... That's, that's up to the crew chief to say it's time to sleep. Indeed. Because <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Speaking of the crew chief, who are the other two members that are working alongside me in this race? Um, well, one is a, a longtime friend of mine, Gary. Uh, and he, uh, he's coming from Arizona. He lives in Phoenix. So he doesn't have the really benefit of meeting the other crew members prior. And then the other one is a, a gentleman named Adam. I don't, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even gonna try. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a, a retired uh, federal government employee, and uh, he has participated. I don't remember how old he said he was, but earlier in his life, uh, in uh, some ultra 150 mile uh, mountain bike rides. Mm -hmm. So that would be like a 300, 350 mile road bike ride. Now back to safety as we were talking about, since I want to be an advocate for road safety through this show, I want to go into the topic of bicycle safety, and I think this will be especially important to the car driving listener. How does the Hoodoo 500 as an organized race improve safety over simply riding 500 miles on the road on your own? 
That's a very good question. I, I, in my opinion, the, the only difference is the follow vehicle at night makes you more visible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, other than that, uh, safety on the road, the follow vehicle really doesn't improve, in my opinion, safety for the rider. Uh, in, in, in some instances, could potentially, possibly even cause the, the rider to be less safe depending on uh, uh, leapfrog time frames, where other cars are. I don't know if you've ever ridden a bike on the road, but a lot of times if you have a vehicle, something moving slow, another vehicle goes around it, they tend to overcorrect. And a lot of times you'll see the car that passes something slower overcorrect and go over the fog line mm. and then correct back into their lane. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm only a short distance in front of the follow vehicle, well, I could be in the path of where they're overcorrecting. To. I see. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's important. What does road safety mean to you as a cyclist in general? Highly important to me. I'm, I'm a, an, an advocate of, one, the yield law right, that they're trying to pass here in California where cyclists uh, uh, can use a stop sign as a yield. Mm -hmm. Okay, what that means is if there are no other vehicles and you're not infringing on the right-of-way of of another vehicle, you can roll through the stop sign. A lot of car drivers that I've talked to said, well, that's ridiculous. Well, it's actually safer for a cyclist because when a cyclist comes up to a stop sign and opposing traffic does not have a stop sign, if a cyclist can roll through, a lot of times they can roll through safely. Mm-hmm. But if they have to stop, it takes a lot of effort and they start up slowly. So while they're starting up, another car could be coming because the car has to be much farther away for them to get across the road safely. Exactly. Going from 10 miles an hour instead of zero. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, um, and then other aspects of, of safety are, you know, you, Cyclists and drivers, if they would follow the rules, everybody would be safer. Um, I know many cyclists that don't follow the rules and blow through stop signs, blow through red lights, ride on the wrong side of the road. None of my friends Mm -hmm. ride on the wrong side of the road, but I see it all the time. Uh, And when a cyclist is riding on the wrong side of the road and I'm on the correct side of the road, it's unsafe for both of us because now somebody's got to go out into traffic. Um, there's so many aspects of bike safety. I could probably talk about that for hours and hours and hours. But if there's one, if there's one thing I'd like to convey to drivers is use your turn signals. Just use your turn signals. Cyclists get hit because drivers don't use their turn signals. If you Mm -hmm. use your turn signal when making a right-hand turn, the cyclist will not come up beside you. They will let you. They'll stay behind you and let you make your right hand turn. Mm-hmm. Nobody will get hurt. You'll get to go on your way, nice and safely. Now back to this weekend's race, real briefly. When are we leaving? Uh, we are leaving sometime Friday morning. I'd like to. We have to check in is between two and five. I'd like to get there on the earlier side of check in, so that we can converse and meet the other riders, uh, the ultra cycling community. Uh, although they are races, are very helpful of each other. We're not there to, we're not really there to beat each other. We're there to beat ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if, if somebody 
beats somebody else, that's great. Uh, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like how I coach youth track. Beat your best time, right? And the ultra cycling community is just like that. It's about beating your best performance and doing better each time, uh, and and doing it ethically and helping out other riders that need help. So if if we're on the ride and my crew sees another rider that needs help, I really expect them to help them and just mm -hmm. let me keep going. They can catch up to me later. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin Bilby, for joining me on Speedway Sounds this evening to talk about this weekend's Hoodoo 500 cycling race. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks again for the opportunity to go to travel with you to this race. Uh, I can't wait to see what it what unfolds and how, how, how it'll go. I'm excited too. I'm getting nervous. Nerves are up about halfway up my chest. I'm sure in the next couple of days, nerves will be all the way up in my throat. <laughs> Do you happen to have social media that we can follow you on this race on? Or? Um, there, if you go to the Hoodoo 500 site, there will be a there is a live tracker. Okay. So it's Hoodoo right. 500 slash live hyphen tracker, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, which should should point right now. It still points to the 2016 tracker. They're in the process of getting that updated to the 2017 tracker. Okay. Very good, very good. And I hope to be posting photos and and uh, videos from the race during the race as long as it's safe and it doesn't interfere with my main job. Which Maybe is even live. You. Somebody will have my phone and you can use my Twitter. I expect somebody to use my Facebook and uh, post publicly uh, information about the ride. What's your handle? K Bilby, I believe. Yeah. All for, right. For Twitter, I don't use it very often. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you so much again. Great. All right. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad Kevin was available for that interview because it's always great when I can get a driver, or in this case a cyclist, to give you an inside look at an upcoming race weekend. You're listening to Speedway Sounds with Noah Stein on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Before we return to local news, let's look at the international racing news of the week. Last Friday, the newest manufacturer unveiled its entry for next year's IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Team Penske and the Honda Performance Development Team unveiled their brand new Daytona Prototype International race car at the Quail in Monterey, California, the Acura ARX05. It's generating much interest around the automotive community for its stunning front nose bodywork and lights, as well as its white paint scheme. It's powered by a 3.5 liter V6 that is directly related to several of Acura's production models. Two of these cars will compete next year in IMSA's top class, beginning at the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, and Penske also announced two of its drivers last week. Juan Pablo Montoya, will be switching from IndyCar to drive for Penske in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and Dane Cameron will switch from the Action Express Racing Team to Team Penske. Last weekend, Kyle Busch pulled off a stunning three-peat sweep at the Bristol Motor Speedway, winning Wednesday's truck race, Friday's Xfinity race, and defeating runner-up and pole sitter Eric Jones to win Sunday's 500-lap cup race. It's the second time in his career that he swept the summer night race weekend at Bristol. His first was the first-ever triple sweep in 2010. This is significant for NASCAR because it adds further fuel to the fire of the Bushwhacker debate, which is whether full-time experienced cup drivers should race in the lower two series. In cup, he now is second in the playoff standings with two wins and 20 playoff points. Martin Truex Jr. continues to lead the standings with two races to go. And with two to go, Chase Elliott, Matt Kenseth, and Jamie McMurray are currently in the playoffs, while Clint Boyer, Joey Logano, and Eric Jones are currently out. In the Verizon IndyCar Series, Will Power pulled off the win for the second year in a row. 
in the ABC Supply 500-mile race at Pocono with great strategy, great pit stops, a long green flag run to the finish, and a skillful defensive racing line between turns 2 and 3. He even had a little bit of luck to gain the lead and hold off his Penske teammate Joseph Newgarden. He overcame a malfunctioning front wing and a broken rear wing damaged by contact. Both, of course, needed to be replaced in the pits. It was one of the most thrilling races of the season with a Pocono record of 42 official lead changes, a high average speed of over 183 miles per hour, daring passes, race-changing strategy calls from the engineers, and surprisingly few crashes. Alexander Rossi claimed the last podium spot, while Simon Paginot finished fourth and Tony Kanaan fifth. With one oval and two road course races remaining, Joseph Newgarden leads by 18 points over Scott Dixon and 22 points over Elio Castroneves. With 209 championship points still available, 15 drivers are still mathematically eligible, but only 8 drivers right now are within the 103-point gap needed to stay eligible in the double points finale in Sonoma. Formula One is emerging from its summer break shutdown with some very interesting news. First, Stoffel Van Dorn was re-signed to McLaren for 2018, and the same announcement was made for Kimi Raikkonen and Ferrari. F1 also announced its first eSports World Championship using the new F1 2017 game by Codemasters. Qualifying rounds will be held using the game in September when the game launches. The 40 quickest drivers go to the semifinal round, and the top 20 will go to the final competition in Abu Dhabi during the World Championship's finale race. The prizes are quite unique for an eSports championship. First, there's automatic qualification to the 2018 semifinals, but more importantly, the winner will earn the title of Formula One eSports champion expert and will be turned into a character in the 2018 game. But to me, it doesn't quite have the same appeal as $1 million that Formula E awarded last year to the winner of its e-race in Las Vegas, or the opportunity to go to the Nissan GT Academy like in PlayStation's Gran Turismo. Even the world's fastest gamer competition on iRacing by McLaren will award the winner a job driving McLaren's own F1 simulator. While on the subject of worldwide racing, it's time for the worldwide motorsport calendar. This week, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series has a week off before the Southern 500 at Darlington on Labor Day weekend. The Xfinity Series, however, will run its third and final road course race of the year on Road America in Wisconsin. It's hard to believe that this will already be the 8th annual Xfinity race held at the track. The support series at the track will be the Trans Am Series and the ARCA Racing Series. All of those races will take place on Sunday. The last oval race of the IndyCar season will be the Verizon IndyCar Series return to Gateway International Raceway in St. Louis. It'll be a 248-lap, 500-kilometer Saturday night race. The Mazda Road to Indy's Indy Lights and Pro Mazda Series will stage support races Saturday afternoon. Overseas, the European Le Mans Series is back in action with round four of six, the four hours of Le Castellet at the French Circuit Paul Ricard. You can watch UCI, aerospace engineering student Matt McMurray and his Algarve Pro Racing team compete in the race at noon Central European time, or 3 a.m. Pacific on Sunday. Yeah, it's quite early for us. I'll still be in Utah, so Tristan Cortez will run the Anteaters and Racing coverage on Twitter. The Michelin Le Mans Cup and the Formula Renault Euro Cup will have support races there as well. The 24-hour series will be hosting the 24 hours of Portimao, Portugal at the Algarve International Circuit. It is their season finale, and it has a 50% increase in points offered. Also in Europe, the Blancpain GT Series is racing at the Hungara Ring in Budapest, Hungary for round number 8 of 10. Races will take place for the GT Series and the GT Sprint Cup on both Saturday and Sunday, 
plus the FIA European Trek series is supporting the Blancpain series. That's it for this week's Worldwide Motorsport Calendar. If there's a series you like that I didn't mention on here, let me know on Facebook or Twitter, at Speedway Sounds. Now let's go to local news. Turning towards local events happening this upcoming week, one I definitely want to highlight is the Lefties Track Day at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana that'll take place this Thursday from 4 p.m. to 7. It is the one day a year that the track is open to the public to drive on, and it benefits the community. Joining me tonight from Fontana to share more information about the Lefties Track Day with us is the Director of Communications at the Auto Club Speedway, David Talley. Welcome, David. Thanks for having me, Noah. First, it is an honor to have you on the show because Auto Club Speedway is my home track and I've attended so many races there since my first, which was the Auto Club 500 back in 2008. I'm a huge fan of the track and I was fortunate enough to drive on the track in my car on Lefty's Track Day last year and the year prior I rode in the pace car. So please tell us about how the event started. Well, we had a car wash uh, to help benefit a young man, uh, NASCAR fan at Loma Linda back in 2010. And we had fans come on to pit road and we washed your car and then to dry it, we actually have, uh, had folks drive around the track in their car. So it kind of evolved from that. So we've been, uh, we've been doing track days ever, ever since then, which again started in 2010. Oh, wow. Really cool. So what do fans have the opportunity to do at Lefty's track day? Well, it's kind of like a mini, a mini block party. We'll have, um, food trucks, displays, uh, we'll have some car clubs there at the event. And, of course, you get to drive your car around the track to support Lefty and the local schools in the area. Who can drive on the track? What are the rules? Well, the rules are uh, have fun. That's the main rule, and be safe. <laughs> no going 200 miles an hour like in NASCAR. No, unfortunately not. We'll have a pace car that'll uh, pace the field, but you'll be doing a good clip, so uh, don't be disappointed that you're going to come out and drive 50 miles an hour. Uh, it'll be much faster than that. So anyone with a valid driver's license, the car must be street legal, no motorcycles, and again, plan on having lots of fun and, and helping support Lefty. That sounds great. Have you driven on the track before? I have driven on this track. I've also driven, uh, I came here from Daytona Beach, so I've driven on Daytona International Speedway, two totally uh, different beasts, but it's fun to know that you're out driving. You can feel the, the change in the degrees of the banking, 17 degrees to 12 degrees to flat going around the track, and it's, it's more than that, it's just exciting to know that you can pretend you're a driver in a NASCAR race going around Auto Club Speedway. Yeah, definitely, with, especially with the five-wide racing, very wide racetrack out of Oakland Speedway. Now, we won't let you get five-wide, but you can pretend. <laughs> definitely, yeah. So who does Lefty's Track Day support? Well, all proceeds for the event will benefit Auto Club Speedway Foundation, which supports Lefty's Reading Challenge. And Lefty's Reading Challenge is a program that encourages reading excellence and provides grants to local school libraries. Uh, it's in four counties, it's in over 250 schools, and about 150,000 students take part in the Reading Challenge. Basically what it is is you read a book and you get... Uh, you get marks on your little card that we send you, and the teacher keeps up with things. and uh, And at the end of the uh, at the end of the um, uh, the program, if you read X amount of books, you get uh, you get two tickets to the race. And then we the, the top schools in each of the different categories, depending on size and things like that. Uh, Lefty will come out and have a pizza party at your school, and we'll donate money to your library to help uh, to help buy some books. 
That is really cool. And actually, I remember a story uh, from, from me personally. I was actually one of the beneficiaries of Lefty's Reading Challenge back in, I think it was uh, 2012. Uh, my school was Sitting Bull Academy, Sitting Bull Middle School, also known mm -hmm. as. And they were one of the winners. And so my principal got to go up on the stage uh, for the NASCAR Xfinity Series race on the Saturday. I actually got to see her from the grandstands. That's very cool. Yeah, one, that's one certainly one highlight is that we we present the check to the winning school uh, during race weekend, which uh, it sounds like you've been here plenty of times. But for those folks who haven't been here, uh, certainly love to see you back here in March. It's a, a great event, and uh, we're certainly excited to bring NASCAR back in 2018. Back to Lefty's Track Day real quick. I've also seen that there's the opportunity this year to organize club meets at the track. Who does one contact to set that up? Well, you can call the track at 909-429-5000. Uh, I don't know what they're, uh, whether they're, uh, if there's an opportunity to set up things for this year's event since it's in two days. Okay, uh, yeah. But certainly, certainly next, uh, next year uh, we would invite your participation and anybody who's interested in coming. So do you have clubs already set up? Uh, I think the, the Lamborghini Car Club is coming. The Corvette, oh, I'm sorry, the DeLorean Car Club and also the car, Corvette Car Club is coming. Excellent, excellent. Looking ahead past Thursday night's track day, I see you have some great events coming up on your calendar. Of course, as we were just saying, the, the 2018 NASCAR weekend dates were announced for March, but you also mm -hmm. have some smaller events on the calendar as well coming up. I see Ultimate Streetcar <laughs> Association, NMCA, West Streetcar Nationals, Redline Time Attack, and others. Please tell us about what's ahead yeah. for Auto Club Speedway. Well, we're, you know, we're lucky here that we're not just a NASCAR track. We're busy over 340 days of the year with movie shoots and photo shoots and, uh, and things like that. So we've got, we've also had a, a drag strip. We've got a, um, uh, we've got a go-kart track. Um, so anything that goes on with wheels, we usually have it here, uh, which makes it fun. But beyond motorsports, we also host several community events. Uh, we have one coming up in uh, on October 28th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Light the Night Walk. Uh, so hopefully we'll see everybody out here uh, oh, then yeah. as well. Yeah, tell me a little more about that as well. Well, we did it last year for the first time. We had over 5,000 people participate. We, we start in the fan zone, and then fans actually get to walk out on the track and through pit road. Uh, it, it'll be around Halloween time this year as well. So uh, we've got cars lined up on pit road where bring your kids, dress them up, uh, and walk by and trick-or-treat uh, down pit road and get, uh, get candy and, and have some fun. It's really really a great event and, and obviously it's for a great cause we've got uh, uh, a few people here at the track who have been touched by uh, uh, by leukemia and lymphoma and uh, it's our way of giving back to the community to help support such a worthy cause that is great to hear that that auto club speedway the local nascar track for us here in southern california is doing so much to help the community where can listeners find more information about lefty's track day and all of these upcoming events well, you can certainly go to autoclubspeedway.com, uh, and when you go there, Lefty has his own separate page that you can click on, or you can stay on the autoclubspeedway.com, get information about uh, all the events that are coming up, uh, autoclubdragway.com, uh, just a, um, a myriad of places that you can go to get information here. Uh, as I say, we've, we're over... Uh, we, in use over 300 days of the year and, and always have something coming on and invite anybody to come out anytime. Thank you so much, David Talley, Director of Communications at the Auto Club Speedway, for joining me on Speedway Sounds this evening. 
Noah, thanks for having me. Uh, hope to see you. If you if you come out on Thursday, please track us down. And uh, uh, and and thanks to your listeners uh, for those that come out as well. Yeah, thank you. I look forward to Lefty's Track Day this Thursday from 4 to 7. Have a great day. Thanks, Noah. Now it's time for the segment where I tell you about all the local car events happening this weekend. Saturday, August 26th through Sunday, August 27th. It's the SoCal Car Calendar. First up on Saturday in Artesia, we have the Reflections Car Club Fundraiser Car Show from 12 p.m. to 5. In Canyon Country, a car show from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Soledad Canyon Road. In Carlsbad, see bad cars as usual, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. In Corona, Cars and Coffee Corona from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. In Covina, the KOC Charity Car Show from 10 a.m. to 2. In El Segundo, Gasser's 4 Automobile Driving Museum. In El Segundo, Gasser's 4 at the Automobile Driving Museum from 10 a.m. to 2. In Fillmore, Elkins Ranch Cruise Night from 3.30 p.m. to 7.30. In Garden Grove, DK's Donuts. A meet there from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. In Huntington Beach, Donut Derelicts at Magnolia and Adams from 6 a.m. to 9. In La Cañada, Early Riders at the United Artists Theater from 6.30 a.m. to 8.30. In Lake Elsinore, the Lake Elsinore Car Cruise on Historic Main Street from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. In Playa del Rey, the Manhattan Beach Cars and Coffee from 8 a.m. to 10. In Rancho Cucamonga, the second annual ALHS Sheer Car Show from 9 a.m. to 1. In San Clemente, the South OC Cars and Coffee at the outlets at San Clemente from 7 a.m. to 9. In San Diego, the Hudson's Hit the Beach Show and Shine from 9 a.m. to 1. In San Diego as well, the National DeSoto Club Convention Car Show from 9.30 a.m. to 3. In Valencia, Coffee and Cars from 6.30 a.m. to 8.30. And lastly, for Saturday at Van Nuys, the third annual Clydesdales and Cars Charity Car Show from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. On Sunday, the 27th, in Gardena, Classic Cruisers Association at the Farmer Boys from 1 p.m. to 5. In Lakewood, Hot Cakes and Hot Rods at Glory Day Sports Grill from 8 a.m. to 11. Also in Lakewood, the 20th Annual Summer Stampede Car Show from 9 a.m. to 2. In Long Beach, the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet at Veteran Stadium from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. In Long Beach, the 3rd Annual Classic Car and Truck Show from 10 a.m. to 2. In Malibu, Malibu Cars and Coffee, 7 a.m. to 9. In Marina Del Rey, Killer Shrimp presents Killer Rides. That's an interesting title. From 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. In Newport Beach, Cars and Cafe at Moulin Bistro from 7 a.m. to 9. And last but not least, also on Newport Beach, on Sunday the 27th, the Balboa Car Show at the Fun Zone from 7 a.m. to 9. And that's it for this week's SoCal Car Calendar. For more information, including showtimes, locations, and flyers, you can go to SoCalCarCulture.com. Thanks so much to Kevin Bilby, who's competing in the Hoodoo 500 this weekend, and David Talley, Director of Communications at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana, California, for joining me on the show tonight. Follow the show at Speedway Sounds, all one word, on both Facebook and Twitter for show previews and your opportunity to ask my guests a question. You're welcome to use the hashtag AndEatersInRacing whenever we're talking about motorsport here on the UC Irvine campus. And I really hope you'll use it when following Matt McMurray this upcoming weekend at the Circuit Paul Ricard in Le Castellet, France, for the four hours of Le Castellet in the European Le Mans series. Coming up next to begin the evening's music programming, The Color Spectrum with Jericho here on KUCI. I'm Noah Stein, and thank you so much for listening. Always wear a helmet and never ever drive distracted 
or under the influence, and please always wear your seatbelt. And one more thing, watch for cyclists out there. You're listening to Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.